0: Hello, welcome to Brand Appeal, where we talk about brand storytelling in the digital age. I'm your host, Shannon Peel, and today's episode is a conversation I had with a gentleman named Corey, who had a very interesting career in an unconventional industry. He has written a book called Taking It Off, and why don't I let him tell you more about who he is and what he did
1: my company that I actually wrote my book through my publishing company has hired me to actually be an authenticity coach so I actually go in now for any authors that are coming into the company and I go through their manuscript with them whether they have wrote it first or if they're needing assistance with writing it to be more authentic and bring in their own personal values and feelings that are attached to those values and then we as a team determine what those are so they can be better and more authentic writers in a nutshell. So that's what I'm doing with those guys and then at the same time I'm actually creating my own course with my own branding that is relative to authenticity as an umbrella, but the bottom line is, is that it actually focuses more on taking off the layers that you have, which is my branding, Take It Off, is taking off the layers of life that basically hold us back in whatever way it may be, but by straying from your authenticity, which was a lesson that I learned through my writing process as far as pinpointing a lot of the stuff in my past that, quite frankly, I didn't even realize that I was being authentic inauthentic. inauthentic but I was. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the learning experience, right, no matter how old you get, it's better to be on it at some point in your life. So yeah,
0: there's You know, there's always something. Yeah. Authenticity and story is so important.
1: Oh, man, I had no idea. I really had no idea. I went into my whole process in the first place just blind. I started off just having a bazillion people ask me, God, Corey, you've told me these amazing stories, but why haven't you written a book? You're crazy that you haven't written a book. You have 25 years of stories from your crazy industry that you were in. And you tell us this and we're sitting there with our chins on the floor. Why haven't you used this? This is where your value is. And I just never thought of it that way. So
0: tell me what industry were you in that was so crazy?
1: Well, (laughs) basically what it came down to was I was in a very unique and colorful industry that most people have no idea really about outside of maybe a movie or two that's been created by it. But it's a foregone industry that is very misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And stereotypically, a lot of people think they just look at a certain image or they think that this is what it is, but that is not what it is. I was actually a male exotic dancer for 25 years of my life. So yes, uh, you, you heard that right, 25 years of my life. <laughs> so wow. basically, yeah, right. It started at 17 years old and went all the way on out till 43 years old. And I had the most insane career that uh, basically took me all across Canada. It took me all across the US. I worked as um, a nude dancer in Canada and I mean fully nude here in Canada. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: Um, yeah, one Mr. Nude Western Canada way back in 1997 took second in Mr. Nude Canada. and then- and after i hit that peak i actually ended up in the states working at the largest beach club in north america in panama city actually uh, panama city beach uh, for almost a decade uh, you can imagine the stories that came into play with that right like it's just like that's why my book is over a hundred thousand words and 316 pages because quite frankly it could have even been more than that but i had to trim it down at some point
0: it's called yeah. sequel it's called a yeah, sequel.
1: Yeah, there, there's there's definite potential now, my friend, based on just my experience as a writer, because they do their own way of finding their own authenticity or they they find, I guess you could say, truth in their own way. But I find that a lot of people find it through journaling or they find it through Mm. writing. And I never really did that before, per se. (laughs) But when I started writing this book, it actually was just I was flying by the seat of my pants. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, I didn't even have any branding put behind it. I just started writing and it was like, I just started putting everything down, timelining it for this crazy career. And from there I found that by the time I finished it, I felt that it just wasn't enough. It it just, it was good. But if I was gonna put this out, I wanted it to be amazing. So I took an extra decade before I did just to really clarify some things as far as my own personal introspection, because Mm -hmm. I really needed that because quite frankly, for the majority of my adult life, I lived off of my exterior, being a bit of a perfectionist in a comparison game. And what it ended up being was, I didn't ever did really address my interior issues up till just a few years ago. And by doing this introspection myself, I was in my own way my own best counselor my own best therapist Mm -hmm. i could have ever imagined just by being willing what i mean by that simply is is that if you want to get into better shape you have to be willing to go to the gym if you want to quit smoking you have to be willing to quit smoking if you want to be a more authentic person you truly have to be willing because it's not easy for everybody to do and to face some of the things that i had to face that took some guts and to put it onto paper that took some really big guts. It's a whole lot more than just the stories and the stories will entertain anybody, whether you're <laughs> a male or a female, um, but I really truly feel that that it's the value that, that comes with the territory with each and every chapter, how I've highlighted it and really clarified where my value was, my core value in that chapter and the struggle that I dealt with with that core value. And then at the very end of the chapter that was written years ago, I actually inject what I call my naked truth into that, which is simply the authentic, um, unhazed, really accountable side of myself that basically said, okay, this is where you screwed up, buddy. And this is where you could have done better. And I'm really speaking to my 30 year old self through the process of writing this book branding side of it in my own way, I feel is just genius. Um, because take it off is a metaphor, of course, take it off really means taking off my clothes for a living. Cause that's what I did. But the real meaning behind it is, is that, Hey, you know, the guy out there that's struggling with unworthiness, lack, He's maybe even struggling with emotional disconnection with his partner. All the things that I quite frankly struggled with, I'm just trying to get that guy to take it off, get naked, reveal yourself, expose yourself, let it be, be you. Because when it comes down to it, if you're trying to sell yourself as something else, it never really works out that well. And it didn't work out well for me. Mm -hmm. Quite frankly, I just kind of look at it like, I want to save that guy from doing an eight year forest gumplot walk like I did, having to try to figure it all out on my own. If i had known what i know now maybe a year or 10 years ago my life would have been completely different but that's just not the way it worked out so i'd rather not have other guys or even for that matter women fall through the same pitfalls that i fell through if that makes sense
0: the thing is is we all go through something we learn from reading books and we learn from listening to stories about what not to do and those stories of caution yes history's filled with them whether it's fairy tales or nursery rhymes or the bible or the quran or the torah or the whatever (laughs) book it was trying to tell you how to live the life sure all those stories we still seem to want to go and experience our own story and make the same mistakes so those those people that actually do read and learn from other people and go okay you know what maybe it's better that i go this way okay i think it's more about not so much learning from someone as it is understanding that you're not alone
1: 100 percent.
0: understanding that other people have gone through this they've gotten through and that gives me hope that i'll get through as well
1: absolutely yes yeah i i completely resonate with that because For myself anyways, I obviously saw life through a completely different lens than most people have. Like, let's face it, not everybody's done what I've done for a living. But the thing is, is as a true authentic leader, like for myself, if I just look at it through just my lens and my lens only, and I think that I'm always right, then that doesn't necessarily work out all that well either. Like to me, Mm -hmm. now I, I try to dive into the gray areas. Like even if I disagree with someone, I really do my best to understand what they're seeing, how they're seeing life through their lens. So all those things that you just described, that is maybe the opposite of my life but if I can have an understanding of why they feel the way that they do I can maybe agree to disagree but then that's okay we can we can at least understand one another and move on to things that we do agree on and still be cool but we're you know still in this divided area now
0: <laughs> the world needs that right now right. so bad big
1: time. big time because
0: nobody's listening to anybody else
1: yes. Yeah, and it's sad in a lot of ways in my eyes, and I think that Everybody has their opinions on this, but I think that this a lot of the technology that we had. And I'm I'm 52 years old this year, so I lived long before the internet was around. Mm -hmm. When people actually used to like you know speak to one another and be you know instead of sitting at a table having looking at your phone like they would actually communicate. I just as much as it's a foregone era, probably as much as my former career is a foregone era. I look back at that and I go, wow, so lucky to be in that foregone era. And I feel that Mm -hmm. way about my dance career too as politically incorrect as it was, as much crazy stuff as I saw other people do, and even myself do at times, I'm so glad that I had those experiences and was able to live life. And so, although I don't compare myself to other people very often anymore because I feel that it is a bit of a slippery slope, I do tend to still look around me and see what other other people maybe in my age demographic or people that I've known for a lot of years. I'm not comparing, but I just look at their life and go, well, would I really change things? Not really because I may not be a multi-millionaire, but I have relationship stories and memories that most people will never experience. So I, yeah. don't, I don't look at it as, as a degrading thing in any way. In fact, I, I'm really, really, truly very proud of what I did, Because I never hurt anybody in the process and I entertained a whole lot of people. And really, we, you know, overall, like I came out pretty unscathed out the other side of this whole thing. And now to be able to take that time to really dig deeply into myself, it's really helped me to have a more higher state of consciousness, I guess you could say, with my, my, my current relationships, whether mm-hmm. that's personally or professionally. So, and, and to dig really a little bit into it, Shannon, and I mean, I can talk about this forever. I mean, you can just let me, you know, wind <laughs> me up at the top. But, but you know.
0: Well, it's, but- you, you, what you're talking about a lot too is, is, cognitive bias blind spots uh all of that kind of stuff a lot of times what we think somebody's thinking Mm -hmm. isn't what they're thinking that's right it's just our perception of what society thinks is not always what society really thinks and that is a big lesson for people to understand and yet in today's world of social media where you have these trolls going after people and thinking it's fun. People making mistakes and having those mistakes aired out. Or these justice seekers on social media. Yeah. It gives us the impression that that's what the world is like and that that's what the majority of people are short-sighted and narrow-minded and cruel. I think a lot of people, a lot of times when they say something, they don't understand that they're being cruel. They think that they're doing something for the betterment of the world, Mm -hmm. not understanding how cruel they are in the process.
1: And usually out of context. Like, Mm -hmm. that's... Because, I mean, let's face it, like... When, we're, when you're putting a post up or a, a comment on a post or even texting someone, and I've, I use this this process, this is a little bit of a Jay Shetty technique, I'm not going to deny it, but it's just that whole thing about sending the text to yourself before you send it to someone else. Have a look at it and see what that actually says. Like, how would, when you, if you would receive it, like, how would you take that, right? Because <laughs> yeah, like, I always
0: do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I sometimes do that. Well, most of the time I do that after the fact
1: yeah I've done it a couple of times can I reset this can I get this back like you know and does yeah matter. myself personally have had friends that I've seen trolling on social media and then gently sent them a direct message and said hey you know can we just talk for a couple seconds offline here and like just have a better understanding because I know you and what you're saying isn't exactly you um and i'm just trying to understand why you're putting that message out there like we can i'm not going to slam you for it i'm not even looking to get into a debate about it i just want to understand you a little bit better can i get in that head a little bit and i've actually had really good responses by that and and you know whether it's political religious ideology whatever it is we're not all going to agree but like again like at least if i can understand why this person feels this way then I can be like okay you know that's that's okay now I get it like instead of just throwing out all this stuff that's out there to hurt other people
0: well you can have um, a conversation and that empathy and that understanding a lot of times I find that people are so focused on what they want that they're not even listening
1: yes that's true
0: living in BC you know that it's like it's like their profession is to is to protest (laughs) Especially these days. Well, I, live, I live in downtown Vancouver and there is always a protest. And the funny thing is, is, you'll have one side go up and then the next day, the next side will go up. And yeah. it's like, same amount of people. What? What's the point? It, it seems to me that protesting, I'll get off myself books in a minute, but I really mm-hmm. have an issue. Because I do, unfortunately, get caught up in Twitter when there is a protest mm-hmm. because... I am not upset about the fact that they have an opinion about something.
1: No, freedom of the law.
0: And I'm not even upset that they're protesting per se. Right. But the amount of getting in other people's way, mm-hmm. shutting down traffic, mm-hmm. costing the taxpayer money, mm-hmm. and not listening to the other side because you're so focused on what you want.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'll add one more complaining about problems with no solutions.
0: Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. That nothing drives me more fat <clears throat> crazy. <laughs> Same here. Then either always looking at the past and oh, yeah. this is what you did to us. This is no, actually, I didn't do that to you, but <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Some of with my skin color might have, but it wasn't me. And I know that that's a really horrible thing to say in today's PC world. And there's I a rec- there's do a get in trouble, right? But yeah. it's, it's not that I don't feel for what happened in the past. I do. I totally oh.
1: do. But there's How? a way of recognizing it is one thing, but you're not personally responsible for it. You like you can recognize it. Like I recognize slavery in the US in a big way because I lived half my life down there yeah. too. Now, do I sit there and think that I'm totally, you know, I don't sit there as a white guy guilty about it. Yes, I do admit that I've had white privilege many times in my life without even probably even knowing it, to be completely honest. But it's not my personal fault that these things happened, can recognize it Mm -hmm. and feel the, for, for whatever part of society that was tortured or killed or whatever it may be. I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm only human. I if it was if it was my family or if it was me, of course, it would be devastating just like mm-hmm. and I can respect that like, to sit there and just say, oh, because you're this color or because you're this whatever your response. No, you're, you're, like you're a
0: white male. So you you have to be punished. <laughs> in one way or another yeah, i know I hear because you. of history now yeah. there's a big piece of history where we where oh, a folks. lot of people look at the story of history mm-hmm. using today's social filters yes and judge what happened and we'll judge someone someone that has done a lot of good mm-hmm. on one thing that they did that was bad
1: yes. Yes, 100%. And
0: vilify them for it. And then try to erase them from history. Which isn't going to help because if you erase somebody from history, we're doomed to repeat it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I, I so agree. It has
0: to be part of the conversation. Like this whole idea of pulling down Gassy Jack's statue. Mm. Yes, he married a 12-year-old Indigenous girl not cool. Mm -hmm. However, that was what, how many hundreds of years ago?
1: Yeah, I hear you. And and it is a massive difference because I can tell you that my great grandfather, who was a French Canadian, used to use certain words that I wouldn't even even dream of popping out of my mouth. Now, am I responsible for those words that were coming out of his mouth? Not at all. But that was his generation, right? Yeah. It's just like I was just talking about my dance career being a foregone industry of political incorrectness. Now, some of the stuff that I saw and even did back then would not be accepted in 2022. Not oh. at all. Like, not at all. No. But was it was it reality? Absolutely, it was reality. People can't even tell a joke anymore without people getting offended about it, right? So it's right. like and, and it's sort of like I almost feel for comedians. There's like an element of it where it almost the comedy writes itself right now to a certain degree, but I mm. almost feel for comedians because you gotta be walking on eggshells because if you say one thing the wrong way, all of a sudden the whole world's coming down on you and it just needs it, one video. It is. <laughs> That's it.
0: But here's the point that I'm trying to make. It's Mm -hmm. not the whole world. It's a piece of the world. It's an extreme believer that that is living in the extremes of the world that is caught in their bubble and triggered. Mm -hmm. They have pain for one reason or another. They are in that victimization mentality and it's inhibiting them and as a group from moving forward, whether that is African-Americans in the States mm. or the Indigenous people in Canada or even the Chinese people in Canada or the East Indian people in Canada. Mm-hmm. we There are so many stories out there that if we look at history and all of those stories of the things that were happening in that time, we would be horrified because if you think about it, yes we sent these indigenous kids to the school to be white white eyes mm-hmm. right bad <laughs> but in that time the british people sent their kids to boarding school all the time that was normal mm-hmm. but at the same time there was all of these kids that were orphans that were being sent to canada to work at mm-hmm. farms Not to go to school, not to get any benefit. There were orphans that were brought here to work on farms as as laborers. And those were white kids that were being brought over here to work as 10 and 8-year-olds in heavy labor farms. It was just the time. There was no respect Mm. for childhood. There was no respect for children's rights. And I think it's now time we acknowledge that this stuff has happened. And it was at that time. And yes, it was horrible. And let's not forget it. Yeah. And be let's aware be aware of it. Let's be aware of it. Let's share those stories authentically. Mm-hmm. Let's share how the, those stories affected us authentically. Because, yes, the fact that those kids went to those schools did affect their ability to be parents and that affected oh. their kids. And let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. It's a domino effect. I mean, let's, even, yeah.
0: Let's talk about the solution.
1: Yeah yeah for sure that's, i'm tired of
0: talking about that the happened. problem
1: the let's, problem the problem the problem let's I, talk know. about what yeah. we can do
0: now and move forward and yeah. so when you're talking about authenticity and i'm sorry we went off on a tangent and i will <laughs> because, um so because but I, w- I don't want either one of us to get you know trolled um
1: yeah it's, that's cool <laughs>
0: but you know the i remember I, I ran into a troll person and they're absolutely proud of the fact that they're trolling
1: yeah, because they, they get one up on you. Like, it's almost like they're trying they're to... start they not. Stir, no, but that's in their own head there. They're thinking that they're getting one up on someone. It's like a game uh, just to get under your skin. And I don't understand it myself because I'm not really of that mindset at all. It's a waste of energy to me, but there's a lot of people out there that seem to have a lot of time to waste their energy doing it. So I don't understand it.
0: Uh, what does that say about a person, though? If their fun is to make other people feel bad...
1: Yeah, it's a messed up world out there. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, and what you said earlier makes a lot of sense. I, I just use the, the terminology, basically, not everybody thinks like me, mm-hmm. right? And that's something that honestly was just said to me by my aunt about five or six years ago. She said, Oh, Corey, you have to realize that not everybody thinks like you. And it kind of just dawned on me and I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. Not everybody thinks like me. I got to take a step back every once in a while. When I get triggered by what somebody says, I need to actually take that moment instead of replying or responding, think about it, absorb the feeling, Mm -hmm. breathe a couple times, maybe walk into another room and come back if I have to, but really, understand why I'm being triggered it might not even be the person that's in front of me it might be something that happened to me years and years ago but yes. it's I call it we my company calls it the arc of intensity it's the basically the it's the arc that comes up when you're starting to get triggered and you're feeling it in your gut you're feeling your skin flushing all that stuff and you if you continue to bottle it up that thing just keeps coming up and up and up. And if you don't address it and you just continue to let it happen and you don't breathe and take that step back and try to figure out why, it continues to build until a point where something very inauthentic comes out and probably very emotional. It's probably going to be the wrong thing that normally doesn't come out of your mouth. And later on, you're going to be guilty about it and coming back and apologizing for it. So that's what we actually do our our training with our students is say, recognize when the arc is coming on. Like, understand that there's an element of, of yourself that you don't even realize that it's happening to you sometimes. You gotta catch it while it's in the mix, while it's going on. It's usually quite quick. Like it can happen within five seconds and boom, you're right in there, right? So it's something that I've really truly learned to rein in, but it just it doesn't happen overnight. Like it really takes a lot of practice. Like it's not, it just is not you don't snap your fingers and let it happen. It's it's an adjustment in the way that you actually communicate, right? So it I'm is still working on that. Yeah.
0: And you're right. Cause there has to be some sort of adjustment, some sort of self-awareness and knowing that, okay, this is what's happening. I can feel it. It's coming on. Yeah. I can now control it, and I'm now in control of my reactions to what's going on around me.
1: Absolutely. You really work on your authenticity, you're going to lose some people. There's going to be some people that actually in your life put limiting beliefs in your head, that have their own self-doubts that they throw onto you, they they, they normalize you and don't see your greatness because they only see you as who you are in their eyes, not in yours. So they don't, they don't want to take that time to actually get that feedback themselves is what I'm kind of saying. Right. So for me now, like that's, that's the big shift is, is I go, okay, I'd rather have five authentic, great flat tire, five people in my life that I can get really in a good conversation with that kind of motivate me that's going to get me to a different level That those successes they have i can grab some of those things and implement some of them into my own life not necessarily mirror them but throw my own accent on it learn from what they're doing and get better and they support me by saying hey you're just learning and growing man just like i am let's do this thing together and push each other whereas before if i was doing something like this maybe with my old crew of five thousand acquaintances that were inauthentic Mm -hmm. What am I getting out of that? I'm getting some status. Like I've been in the status role, right? Like being, being working with MTV and all the stuff that I did in Florida. Like I, like I said, I was in a status role and I was one of the most lonely people at that time ever because it was just nobody around me that I could really truly trust as a friend. Like there was only one person that I had as a true friend at that time. And it was an old Vietnam vet that I used to leave the club of thousands of people after a ladies night where most people would think, oh yeah, you're gonna be partying all night, which I did quite a few nights, but <laughs> I'm just saying, a lot of the time I would on a Friday night I would leave and go hang out with this 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 buddy of mine who ended up being one of my best friends one of the most authentic best people cynical as all get up but really good person and and so that was an authentic relationship that I'll carry with me for the rest of my life he's passed away now All I'm saying is is that person impacted me so much that any of those other 5000 acquaintances that I dealt with at the club scene right because they were just that wasn't aligned with my core values and so I think I I always come back to that. Like That's why I'm so gravitated towards being an authenticity coach, because we are all snowflakes in this world. And what I mean by that, and I I know it's a political statement for some, I don't use it as a snowflake as far as melting. I use it as a snowflake as we're all individual. And so that being said, you have a different set of values than I do. More importantly, you have a different set of feelings that are attached to those values than I do. If I'm in a relationship with you and I can understand that, we have a far better chance of making it whether it's personally or professionally by me understanding the way you feel about those core values and vice versa. And so that's the biggest, that's the biggest lesson that I learned through my marriage was is that I had some of those things. And this is what I'm saying, Shannon, is I connected the dots when I started this process Mm -hmm. and I realized, truly realized that where I was lacking in my marriage, which was an eight year marriage. And we went through some stuff like, really crazy stuff like that most people ever could dream of when it came down to it like we ended up divorced because in the end she strayed from me she took an action that could never be brought back and it is what it is and I blamed her for many many years and pointing to the finger and said it was all your fault but I realized through this process which was very healing and healed our friendship as well was that when it came down to it, I was just as at fault as she was or more. And the reason why I was, because I was degrading one of my main core values, which is creativity. And when I lost my creativity and left the dance scene for a little while and went into a different profession, I lost the excitement, the feeling of excitement that came with creativity. So when I lost that, she lost that piece of me. Mm -hmm. So that guy that she married was not the same excited, creative guy. And it showed. So when I came home, What was appealing about me? Not much outside of the exterior. I wasn't working on my interior. So I wasn't connecting. I was communicating. I was giving all the high honeys I'm home. I was, you know, all the stuff, the Ricky Lucy BS. But I was never really truly connecting with my partner, hitting that level of consciousness, right? So I won't accept now anything less than that in my life because life's too short. So I want somebody that's willing to walk through that fire with me. And I have people around me that are it's great. I'm not expecting, I don't have high expectations of somebody like I used to. I used to look up at people on their pedestal and expect so much out of them or look down from my pedestal and expect so much of them without truly even wanting to work on myself. And the audacity that I had even to be that way makes me my skin crawl now because I really realized how wrong I was by doing that. I put somebody in a totally a position that there was just no way that they could ever win.
0: Mm-hmm. They couldn't.
1: They couldn't get there. They, they, even as hard as they would have tried, they could never be there. And so that's what I'm kind of coming back to is, is I really use that thumb now. And by doing that, it liberated me and got me out of that prison in my mind that I was in for so long. So that comes back to full circle. Take it off. That's my branding. It's, a, it's I'm all about the take it off label, and it stretches all across everything that I do, whether it's coaching, whether it's writing. It's all about it. It's just removing those layers because we all know from the day we're born, we get layers stacked on us right away. Like from Mm -hmm. the moment we're born (laughs) and you have to deprogram so much of that crap that gets thrown in our faces all the time, whether it's marketed at us or whether it's trying to keep up with the Joneses or our airbrushed pictures that are on social media to make us look something that we're not, whatever it is like. It's just such a hard game to keep up with. And I just feel like, especially now in this era, like I feel like, especially for guys, I'm not saying anything with the, I know women, trust me, have their own set of stresses and issues in their lives just as much as any guy does, probably more in some ways. But all I'm saying is there's an element of this man enough thing that has been so skewed. And it's like, you're a guy. You can't cry. You can't express emotion. You're supposed to be standing up there and being the big tough guy. You're the hunter-gatherer. You're supposed to go out there and get stuff for you. You, you, you got to gather for your family. And if you fail, you're a failure. And so why is it that three out of four suicides right now in Canada are men? Gee, I wonder. Going through COVID, not being able to to be the hunter-gatherer. Right. So I, I feel for those guys and then all obviously we have guys in general have this thing about you know emotionally connecting in the first place just it's almost like a natural thing whereas women are obviously far more giving as far as that goes so for myself I found that balance and that's probably my most proud thing that I've had through this whole process is truly addressing that and really finding that balance to be able to express emotion to understand that crying is a power in a way it's releasing that emotion and getting it out so you can be authentic and you can be real and not be selling yourself with something that you're not.
0: I think you make a really good point because we talk a lot about, you know, how females have been portrayed in media. And how terrible that is and how misogynistic it is. And Mm -hmm. we have a whole dialogue around changing that and embracing women for who they are. Mm -hmm. There is no dialogue for how men have been treated by media. We don't even talk about it or even acknowledge that men have been treated worse in some cases. Okay, so for example, if a guy posts a picture Mm -hmm. of a woman half like in a skimpy bikini doing their thing, women will be like, that is terrible. Men get vilified for that. Yeah. And then that same woman will turn around and post a picture of a half naked man yep. saying, look at look at his app. OK, hold on a minute. Stop. Do you not realize what you just did? Yeah. You vilified yep. for someone for doing exact same thing that you're doing. It's all right for you to do it to a man, but it's not OK for them to do it to a woman. No, 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 no. Equality is equality.
1: Yeah, there's just so much of that I can go on on that subject for years because it's like you know I think to back to myself. You lived
0: in that world. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and I'll shed some light on that. I, I kind of think yeah, I don't know if you remember, but there was an old ad from back in the day on. I can't remember what the ad was for, but it was a it was a street scene where this woman's walking by some guy in the city, and, and she watch she sees him go by and, and turns as he walks around, looks at his ass, and slaps him on the ass, and keeps going. And it was okay. Like it, yeah. was, it was okay. It was, it was, it, was, it and, still and would be okay. We all just went, yeah, okay, fine. But reverse roles.
0: Yeah, reverse it. Now, it now,
1: be- now I'll think about it. Yeah, it would be just like, oh my God, right? Like just the worst. I, I even look at this like, funny enough, this is something that, like I said, I have a unique perspective because of the lens that I saw life through, through ladies' nights mm-hmm. and actually working gay bars as well as a male dancer. So I really saw some very interesting. Seems as far That's as that went
0: crazy that is a whole different kind of crazy yeah okay mm-hmm. how society has changed because when we were in high school mm-hmm. correct me if i'm wrong but when we were in high school gay bashing was a sport
1: uh, as gross as I can say that is something that was definitely going on. I didn't personally see it myself no, I, where I was, but yeah, I get what you're saying. So, I
0: mean, I was in a small town. I wasn't either, but yeah. if anybody was, or yeah. if there was any hint of someone being f- effeminate or butchy, mm-hmm. they were vilified or made Outcashed. fun of or yeah. pushed aside or, yeah. you know, it especially around the AIDS. As soon as AIDS hit, yeah, you know, was It was. Yep. You're yeah, gay.
1: 19,
0: you're yeah. horrible, right?
1: Yeah. Tragic.
0: You know, this the gay disease, and eh, they deserve it, and all that kind Tragic. of stuff that was going on in the media. Yeah. On the yeah. street. Yeah. And now we have we have acceptance. We have. You know, we're we're open to talking about it. We're open to people walking down the street
1: holding I mean, your hands, doing whatever you want. Doing to do. whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, okay,
0: right? Like whatever floats your boat right? I think that
1: we've come a long way. We still have a long way to go but I think that we have come a long way as a society when it comes to understanding other sexual orientation or for that matter even race. I think that a lot of the time that yes there's individual situations that are horrible. Let's face it there are but as a full-on like as a society I think we have moved in a very good direction and we've made a lot of really good progressive you know, whether it be acceptance for that or whatever you want to call it. We've moved in a really forward direction. There's still
0: like our generation isn't even done yet. hmm. And in our generation,
1: I've seen a lot of changes in our generation.
0: We have had a ton of change. Yeah. The X definitely. generation has seen technological change.
1: Massive. We have
0: had economic change. We yes. have had changes in the change in family dynamics. Mm -hmm. We have had change in sexual orientation. We've had change in just so much our generation has gone through.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting subject.
0: Take a moment and appreciate how far we've come. Understanding that we have a long way to go.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's not all doom and gloom.
0: And everyone's expecting you to be stoic.
1: Yeah. Can I I shed a little light on that? Yeah. I kind of feel like I had a heavy battle with this and what we're talking about is the domino effect of past generations and the trauma that they went through and how that affects your entire family. And if you don't break that cycle, then you carry it on. Mm-hmm. right i was adopted to my grandparents my my grandfather was my idol in a lot of ways he was my father i only knew him as that realistically and so i never really knew my biological father but my father was an amazing man with an amazing heart he would give you the shirt off of his back he he would do anything for anyone but he was absolutely and totally emotionally disconnected when it came to any type of I guess you could say conflict or anything that was going on. Why was that? Well, he was actually drafted into the World War II and he was basically programmed as a soldier to not express emotion, before that, he was a depression era kid that had his mother commit suicide. So you can only imagine those, those are massive, massive traumas that are like from a generation that we cannot even comprehend in any mm-hmm. way. We we're sitting here bitching about this stupid little crap that we have about not having enough toilet paper or whatever the heck you want to talk about. Talk to somebody like that that went through some of that stuff and tell me about how crappy your life is. Like yeah. all I'm saying is, is that for me, I look back at it all now and I go, yeah. Like, Like, I really was so emotionally disconnected in so many ways because I wouldn't break the cycle and I didn't realize that I had that it was in my control. The whole time it was truly in my control, but it was all that I knew. It's all that he knew. And he only had the tools that he had. Do I look down on the man for it? No, he loved me. He really, truly did. But he only had the tools that he had. So you only know what you know. And so like, I kind of feel that way when it comes to my own bubble, right? Like I can only, I only know what I know and I can only pass the, the, the positive things that I can pass along to other people in my life and do the best for the people around me. But I can't really control or herd those cats on the internet that are trolling people because it's now in that connection zone so much that if you're, if you're concentrating on all that, you can get in such a negative space so quickly, it can paralyze you as a person and distract you so much from the actual things that you can do in your own life to make such a difference for yourself and the people around you so as much as i respect everything you said i totally understand everything that i totally do i just kind of like go oh man like i i can only literally even when i'm doing my business i can only open up one garage door at a time
0: corey learned a lot about authenticity when writing his book and has some real insights into what was holding him back from success and what kept him from creating real relationships with the woman that he loved? If you'd like to know more about Corey and his story, check out his book, Taking It Off. And in the future, I will be sharing more of this long conversation that I had with Corey about his unique life. So subscribe to Brand Appeal so that you don't miss it.